Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Today on this Easter Sunday, as we all stay together, I'm going to just share a few things with you as we prepare to gather around the Lord's table and and take communion together and actually draw near to that Savior who died for us, who has even now ascended to heaven, is the risen Lord Jesus Christ in, in power and glory beyond anything we can imagine. And yet through communion, he allows us to somehow link our hearts to his and, and be blessed. Well, as we get ready to do that on, on this Easter Sunday, this resurrection day, I want to draw your attention to the same to some red-letter words Jesus spoke that make every day filled with resurrection. These are words that Jesus spoke to Martha, the sister of Lazarus, who had died four days earlier. Martha told Jesus that she believed that he could have healed her brother if he had come when she and Mary first sent word of his illness. Mary, her sister, later on said the very same thing to Jesus. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They knew the kind of power that Jesus possessed. He had already healed many, and he had worked many miracles. There was a disappointment in those words the sisters spoke. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. There was disappointment in those words. Maybe even a bit of rebuke. Why did you wait so long? Why did you waste so much time? If you had come as soon as we told you how sick he was, you could have healed him. Could have saved him. Now, it was to Martha that Jesus spoke the words that I've chosen for today's red-letter scripture, and here they are. He said, John 11, verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's what Jesus asked Martha. And through the word of God, he asked us that, of course. Thank you for your answers. Yes, we believe that. What a statement. It contains a promise like no other. Now, the first part of the promise is very easy to understand. Here's how it goes. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And and we understand that. We who believe in Jesus Christ, we know that death doesn't end our relationship with God. Paul said to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Immediately, a spiritual presence, a spiritual involvement. We know that. We believe that. Now, that's what Jesus 
was about to demonstrate at Lazarus' tomb, that even though a person dies, if they believe in him, they can and will live again. To that one, Lazarus, who had physically died, Jesus was about to restore physical life. And he would walk right up to the tomb of Lazarus and say, come forth. And Lazarus came out, fully alive, once again. So that's easy to understand. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. But the second part of the promise is more obscure. Somewhat puzzling, even. Jesus says, whoever lives and believes in me. How many here are alive? Are you sure? How many of you believe in Jesus? Okay, now, whoever lives, all you and me, and believes in me, in Jesus, all of us, good number of us, will never die. Now, that sounds like we're going to live forever. We're alive now. We believe in Jesus, and he says straight out, we will never die. How many of you are over 300 now? 200? If I said 100 a few years ago, my mom would have to raise her hand and say, four years passed. So what's he talking about? Now, some good theologians and some thinking Christians, like we would all want to be, we would say, obviously, Jesus is talking about two different kinds of death here. He who believes in me will live even though he dies physically. He who lives and believes in me will never die spiritually. Will never go to hell. We'll never be separated from the goodness of God. We'll never experience spiritual death. Now, if to do that, you have to change Jesus' meaning in the middle of the stream there. But to keep Jesus from making a mistake or an embarrassing statement, we do that. He was talking on one hand about physical death, and he's talking on the other hand about spiritual death. Once you have spiritual life, you're alive forever. It's eternal life. Because, see, if we don't make that distinction to help Jesus out there, it sounds like Jesus was saying that those who believe in him will never die. And if that was what he was promising, never die physically, then he was giving a false promise. Because he gave that promise nearly 2,000 years ago, and all of the people alive in his day, even those who believed in him, have died physically. And since that time, untold perhaps millions of other believers over these years have died physically, even though they believed in Jesus. So Jesus couldn't be meaning physical, or he made a mistake, and he gave a false promise, and they all put their hope in something that one by one, when the first of them died, they would have had to say, well, I guess Jesus... Uh, was wrong. 
And when the next one died physically, old age or, or even suddenly, I guess Jesus was wrong. I guess he was wrong. I wonder if he was wrong about anything else that he said. So maybe Jesus wasn't talking about physical death in both cases. And that way we explain it in a way that puts our minds at ease and doesn't make Jesus saying false things. However, I, I believe that Jesus was talking about physical life and physical death throughout that entire statement. And so our understanding of it requires a bit more scripture. Well, what was he saying? He who lives and believes in me will never die physically. What could that possibly mean? Well, let's check out just a little of what I'm calling the, today's confirming scripture or enlightening or filling out scripture and check these words from the Apostle Paul. First scripture is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And Paul here, writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he looks far into the future. The future that Paul was looking at is now... 2,000 years passed, and it still hasn't happened. So Paul was looking far into the future, and he writes about a day when these red-letter words of Jesus will have their fulfillment. When somebody who believes, who is alive, and who believes in Jesus will avoid physical death. And here's what he says. Writing to the Thessalonians... 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, For the Lord himself, this is Jesus, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. It's going to be a racket. A loud command. Well, not enough. With the voice of an archangel, adding to it, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ, will rise first. That means for all these 2,000 years, including the Apostle Paul, including the Apostle Peter, including my mom, including those who have loved the Lord, who at one time lived and believed in him, they are now in the category of those, though he be dead. They have died, they've been buried, and at that moment, those who have died believing in Jesus Christ physically will be resurrected. They will rise from the dead first. That's Jesus saying, he who believes in me will live. Even though he dies, he will live again. Paul goes on, after that we who are still alive... So is Paul alive? Is Paul talking about people who are alive or people who died in faith? He's talking about the Christians on the earth at that time who are still alive. Boy, did my mom want to be one of them. I want to be one of them. How many of you want to be one of them? You want to be alive when Jesus returns in the rapture. Do you realize one thing that means? You'll never die, right? 
You'll be alive. You'll hear the trumpet sound. You'll hear the shout of the archangel. You'll hear the other things that are going on. That loud command that probably is, come forth. It's just said to millions rather than just to Lazarus. The dead in Christ will rise first. But after that, we, see, Paul was hoping he was one of them. Paul's chances ran out 2,000 years ago. Maybe none of us will actually be alive. Some of you young people here, you just say to yourself, I want to live until Jesus returns. Want to do that? I want to live until Jesus returns, and I want to be caught up in what the Bible calls the rapture. But see, here's the deal. If you're alive and you believe in Jesus Christ on that day, you, well, here's what Paul says. We who are still alive and are left, left, while we're on the earth, every other Christian has left us. They've been resurrected. They have risen first to meet Christ in the air. We, the living Christians, have been left. Just for a moment, though. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them. We'll catch up to them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we, all of us, those who have lived and died and been resurrected, and those who have been fortunate enough to live right up until that day, we all together will be with the Lord forever. That's pretty awesome. See, that's the second half of Jesus saying, he who lives, he who lives all the way to that moment, or those who are alive in that moment, if they are living and believing in me, they will never suffer physical death. And even though we can die peacefully, and we've seen people die in faith and peacefully, death is a terrible thing. God never expected or intended the human being to to die, for the soul to be separated from the body. Sin brought that in. And so death is, in a sense, you could say an insult to God, and it's an insult to you and me. And there will be some people who don't go through that. Don't go through that. Never have a sickness unto death. Never have an accident that quickly takes their life. They will be alive. Some young, some middle-aged, some probably very old, just hanging on and hoping. And lo and behold, through their very expensive hearing aid, they hear the trumpet sound. They hear the loud command. Wow, what was that? What was that? Mom, you heard that? Yeah, I heard it. It'll come, and they don't die. They don't have to die. They go. He who lives and believes in me will never die. So, so it's true. For those who do and have put their faith in Jesus Christ, physical death is not the end of their story. They shall live again. They shall be raised from the dead, those who have died, and shall live forever. And those who live until that day will never die. That's a promise Jesus made. Now, here's something else, though, that Paul added to explain to us the situation. 
You see, those who are still alive and are left are still in bodies that can die. Right? Wouldn't it be terrible to have Jesus catch you out of this earth and then you die in heaven? You're still in an earthly body that can weaken and die. So that's not good. These are people who are in bodies that if Jesus had not returned on that day when he someday will, they would have eventually died. Their earthly body wears away. So Paul says, here's what happens. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 and 52, we shall not all sleep. That's his term for dying. Was it turned out all the ones Paul wrote to, wrote to in his day did including Paul, but we will not all sleep. See, Paul could say that to us today. We're all alive today. He might say, all of us aren't necessarily going to die. What if Jesus came right now? None of us in here would die. We would go right to him if he came right now. So Paul says, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. How many of you would not want to live in your current body for all eternity? Yeah, even if you could avoid death, there's still limitations to our current bodies, right? And some of us have beaten them up pretty badly. Paul says, we will all be changed. The dead will be raised imperishable. Well, they already died. They're in the ground. Their bodies have given out. But they will be raised in a glorious new way, imperishable, never to perish or wear out again. A glorious body, much like Jesus' own body when he came forth on Easter Sunday. That's the dead. They will be raised imperishable. Paul says, and we, that is those of us who are still alive at that moment, will be changed. Our bodies will be transformed into something glorious and like Jesus' own resurrected body. All the raptured and resurrected believers will become physically like Jesus is now. Glorified bodies that they will enjoy forever. So now let's just summarize fast. In a few minutes here, today's resurrection truths. One, Jesus possesses resurrection power within himself. This Jesus is not the one who lowered himself down to earth and left aside all of his heavenly glories and and could only work by the power of the Holy Spirit the same way you and I can only do spiritual things by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is coming a day, and it began on Easter Sunday, when Jesus Christ himself was limited physically no more. He was once again the glorified Son of God and would be exalted to the highest place in the universe beside his own Father. And Jesus, speaking in that kind of way, says, I am the resurrection. And at the rapture, Paul says, he himself, this powerful Son of God, this glorified being who is the resurrection and the life, he will come himself. And give the command. And his church will be gathered to him. Those who have died in faith will be resurrected. Those who are still on the earth will be transformed, changed, and caught up to meet him in the air. 
You see, Jesus was making a God statement to Martha. He is the one who will initiate the great resurrection and the transformation that will take place at his coming. Second thing, those who die in faith will be resurrected even as Jesus was. That is our faith. That is what we believe. Jesus said, yet shall he live. Death is not physical death. is not the end of the story. The dead in Christ, we read, will rise first. They will be raised imperishable, never to die or weaken again. Let me just say, at every graveside service I conduct, I point out that this very gravesite is the place where the final miracle in this believer's life will take place. A resurrection from this ground, this very body that we are laying to rest, a resurrection of this body unto eternal life is planned for this one that we lay to rest today. And then I say, and we who stand here, we who stand here bear witness to that truth. There is coming a resurrection for every believer who has died in faith. Third thing, those who live until the coming of Christ, therefore, will never experience death. Whoever lives and believes will never die, Jesus said. Paul says, we who are still alive, we will be changed. And at that point, that glorious point, Jesus himself will finally become the firstborn among many. The first fruits of them that slept, the Bible says. That's part of our first fruits understanding. He is the first fruits of those who will be resurrected. And so I close this Resurrection Day meditation with the very question Jesus asked Martha, and that some of you, a lot of you already answered, where Jesus said, do you believe this? Do you believe this? You see, we can't any longer assume that the vast majority of people around us believe this stuff. And so you can't just glibly imagine that, well, whatever we're supposed to believe, you believe. Do you believe that? Do you believe that there's coming a day when Jesus Christ will return and those who have died believing in him will be resurrected and those who do not believe in him will not be lifted up with him? And far later, there'll be another resurrection. And their resurrection will be unto God's judgment, not unto the, to the Savior's welcome. Do we believe that, see? Mary, or Martha, more than lived up to the task. She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. In other words, she was saying, you can do anything. You can do anything. And indeed, he could and can and did and will. And I believe to comfort Mary and Martha because he loved them. And for no other reason, he walked over to that tomb 
where they said, please don't roll that stone away. He's been in there for four days. It's, a, it's an ugly sight and it smells. It's terrible. He rolled that stone away and he brought forth their brother once again in perfect health. And guess what? He simply made the reality that that poor man Lazarus would die twice. He didn't give him a glorified body. He raised him from the dead and brought him back to his regular human earthly body. And he would go through all that period, that grieving again. But in that moment, his sisters rejoiced. And I have no doubt Lazarus, of course, himself rejoiced that he had more life, more time on this world to actually serve God, to serve his sisters, to, be, to enjoy this life. But Jesus just overcame his death and brought him back. He didn't destroy it. He didn't eliminate it. And Jesus did that, I have no doubt, because he loved Martha and Mary so much, and he was just taken with their tears, their sorrow, their grief. And he himself, when he walked to the tomb, it says Jesus wept. He joined in that sorrow over physical human death. So do we believe this? Do we believe this promise Jesus gave? See, we must. I urge you, be sure you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life and that eternal life comes through him and through faith in him. Claim his promise. Because as our final thought says this morning, the promise of resurrection and transformation is a promise like no other. Oh, I wish a politician would start on the campaign trail going out and say, I'm going to make you some promises. I'm going to make some promises. And people say, here we go again, here we go again. And have one of them say, I promise you. I promise you that if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, his spirit will guide you through this life and he will guide you well and properly and all of you together would make of this nation a place of goodness and grace. I promise you that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? Because that promise is true. You and I can promise that to anyone we meet. We can make that promise. If you give your heart, you give your life to Jesus Christ, he will give you grace and strength and forgiveness and eternal life, and he will give you the presence of his own Holy Spirit with you to just guide you successfully through this life. He will transform you. And if it is so that you die physically before he returns, he will resurrect you from the grave at his return. Amen? Amen. Oh, our Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the glories of this faith. And Father, it becomes more glorious when 
when we become aware of how many around us don't share it. When they're putting their faith in other things, when they are declaring other things to be the true things, the, the guiding principles rather than the principles of your word, rather than the steps that your Holy Spirit would, would guide us to take day by day. Oh, Father, there's a wonder to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a glory in the person of Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior. And on that final day, we will be fully transformed. But, Father, your Spirit's transforming us now into the very character of Christ, the very nature of Christ, even if our physical bodies are still doing what physical bodies do. But, oh, Father, now we pray as we prepare for communion with our, our marvelous Savior, would you allow us to sense some of his purposes for us and claim even more surely his promises to us that as long as we live and believe in him, we will be ready on the day he returns to avoid death and join him. And as long as we live and believe in him, we need not fear death because we shall yet live by his grace. This we ask now, Father, and thank you for it all in Jesus' name. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.